Maddie Novich is a New Yorker who uses a cargo bike to get around the city. You can find her on Instagram at Cargo Bike Mama, where she shares her experience of riding a cargo bike, answers questions, and posts advice for people who are new to riding a cargo bike. I want to begin by talking about your background a little bit. Where did you grow up? I'm from Chicago originally, so I'm from the Midwest, and then began to move out east for college, and then married a New Yorker, and ended up in New York City. What was your experience of growing up in Chicago like? Well, I guess I don't have a great sense of comparison. I can only compare it to the childhood that I'm providing my children. But I grew up in the sort of suburbs of Chicago, and I felt like I had a very stereotypical American childhood where I went to my local school. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. She picked me up and dropped me off. And I just went through sort of the routine, what you would expect for an American childhood. How would you say that experience has helped to shape you going forward? That's a really good question. I think that having a very safe and stable childhood helped give me a lot of confidence to be able to explore my dreams and try new things and do a lot of sort of exciting things where I know that I always had the safe space to come back to. And so I traveled the world very early and learned a foreign language very early and then moved to New York City. And then I think it helped sort of set a really good foundation. What was that experience of moving to New York like? Well, originally I moved to Long Island for my first job. So I graduated college and then was offered a position in Port Washington. And I really enjoyed moving out there and then visiting the city. And then when I met my now husband, Jeff, he had this like really gross fifth floor walk up apartment. And actually before I moved to New York City sort of proper, I ended up moving to Southern China and then came back from China and moved into his like gross fifth floor walk up. And I was sort of ready for adventure. So I felt like this was sort of the New York way. And it was exciting and fun. At what point did you really decide that that's where you guys wanted to settle down and really make a life for yourselves? That is such a good question. It took a while. And I actually just posted today on my Instagram about this is originally having grown up in the suburbs. I thought that when we decided to have kids, we would be in the suburbs when we had kids. But the more that we became acclimated to the New York City life, not having a reliance on cars, having everything walkable, having access to our children's school within a two block radius, having tons of friends within a five block radius, we just realized that this was kind of the lifestyle that we wanted. And more so, We also do a lot of home exchanging as part of our summers. And New York City is such a desirable place that we can literally spend eight, nine weeks back to back doing these home exchanges across Europe because everybody wants to come to New York. And so being in New York has transformed and shaped our lives in such an incredible way that we can't imagine changing it. And you talked earlier about the difference between your childhood and the childhood that you're giving your kids now. What would you say some of those differences are and how would you say that that's shaping your kids? That is another great question. I would say the main difference between my childhood and my children's childhood is that my children spend almost zero time in car. And I love that their time is maximized in terms of being home or being outside and hours of the day aren't consumed by this idea of travel and transit. And so So that's one thing. So I was always in cars, right? Just going home and going to school and going to the grocery and running errands. Every mundane task was in a car. And so our children experienced going to the park and walking across the street, going to their like gymnastics class and walking across the street, learning to integrate into public transit. So they're taking subways they're taking buses. And of course, for us, we have these cargo bikes. And so their whole childhood has been transformed by part of the mode of transportation, just like getting around and experiencing 
testing world all the time. And so I would say that's one big difference. Another big difference is being in an urban center, you have density that is really unmatched, in my opinion. There's something always going on. It's always very exciting. You walk across the street into our park and there's five or six people that we know. And so you have impromptu play dates. But at the same time, I'm giving them this very rich cultural experience where we will have the raquettes and the nutcracker right before Christmas season. So we can go and do all of these things very effortlessly because they're just at our fingertips, right? So we can go to the Museum of Natural History or Central Park, and it's just very routine for them. It's like not even exciting. And so that's a very big difference that I had from my childhood is that it was very isolated. We all had our houses, right? So we were in our houses by ourselves and we had our little backyards and like maybe we had a friend play. I would say, in my opinion, suburban and rural living is a little bit more solitary. And my husband and I are very extroverted. Our children are very extroverted. And so we just love having people around all the time. And so that's part of it. Another difference in the childhood, of course, is just this extensive amount of travel that we provide our children. I definitely did much less traveling, maybe one trip or two trips a year. But for my children, it's like they spend their summers in Europe. And so part of, again, this like New York base allows us to facilitate that kind of summer experience, that kind of life. How do those travels then translate into how you come back and live your life in New York? I think having a global perspective has really broadened our world, our children's world. It's the whole reason we got a cargo bike in the first place. We had spent the summer in the Netherlands and we just saw the kind of efficiency that the Dutch were living where they were biking to and from the grocery or schools or whatever. And they had so much control and freedom over their time that when we came back to New York, I turned to my husband, I said, we're ordering a bike. I didn't bike before I got this bike, but I want this bike because I want to change sort of the way that I experience things. And I wouldn't have had that frame of reference had I not had time abroad. And now we spend time in many different countries and many different cities and we learn. It's just about the idea of having this sort of global awareness and learning how we can experience life a little bit differently and a little bit better by learning from other cultures and other people. What was that transition of buying a cargo bike and getting used to riding that like? It was literally life-changing from the very beginning. And as I mentioned before, I did not bike. Like in the suburbs of Chicago, you took cars everywhere, right? So when I turned 16, I got a car. And so I didn't really bike at all. I wasn't comfortable. And so having a car here in New York City is a headache. It's very expensive. And it wasn't something that we prioritized as a lifestyle. And so transitioning from being a non-biker, like I literally would have been what you would have called a cold lead, to buying a 100-pound electric cargo bike that I was going to just ride was a shift. I mean, I fell over a whole bunch of times. I still can fall over, but it was sort of like it was a means to an end. And then the means became really fun. And then the end became really rewarding. And so I was just really driven by this idea of control and experiencing life differently on a bike. And so it was transformative really from the beginning. Were there things that surprised you about it when you really started riding? Yes, I did not realize how many people I would talk to. Like New York City is both the friendliest and the unfriendliest city. And when you're on a bike, it's like everybody wants to talk to you. And I love talking about my cargo bikes. And so I think I was very surprised at how much attention it got and how interested people were and how many questions I'd be fielding all the time. And that's a very exciting feeling when you're rolling around. You kind of feel like a little bit of a celebrity being like, oh, who's going to talk to me next? So I would say that was very surprising. Just, I would say I knew how beneficial having a bike would be. I didn't quite realize just how efficient I could be in New York City. Like I'm not waiting for trains or subways anymore. I am where I say I'm going to be, when I say I'm going to be. And it doesn't matter traffic because you can go right by it on bikes. 
you've talked about some of the positive reactions you get. Do you also get any kind of negative reactions from people? I do sometimes. I'd say by and large, and this is sort of a rough estimate, not substantiated by anything. I'd say about 90% of the time, it's very positive by both pedestrians and drivers. So I have really big bikes and I have little small children and I take over a lane if there is no bike lane and drivers get really mad. Sometimes they get mad. I'd say a lot of times when they realize there's kids in the car, the drivers get more protective of me as a biker, but you definitely get some people who are not kind and they're frustrated that I'm slowing them down by five seconds. And so that's frustrating. Or when people absentmindedly walk into the bike lane and you're just like, you're not looking and you get kind of upset and then they get mad at you because you got mad at them. So those are sort of like a few negative experiences I've had. But again, by and large, it's a very positive experience overall. How has the infrastructure developed in New York City and how has that made it easier to be a bicyclist? So the infrastructure in New York City, I have to say that I'm only really aware of what it has been in the last four years since I've been biking because I wasn't paying attention before. It's pretty good. It's actually surprisingly good. And I'd say, actually, back to your question about what's surprising, I would say I didn't quite realize how wonderful the infrastructure was. So Central Park is car-free, and that's a main artery of Manhattan, which is where I live. And so Manhattan's infrastructure, I'd say, is very strong in many ways. There's still a lot of weaknesses on the smaller side roads or going from east to west, but north to south, there is a ton of protected lanes and options. So Central Park, as I said, Central Park West going north is protected. Columbus is protected. Amsterdam is protected. Then you have the West Side Greenway. And so you really do, at least like on the western side, you have a lot of options. And so that's a very wonderful and surprising element to it. And then of course, there's ways to go. I find biking in Brooklyn a little bit more uncomfortable. I've noticed fewer protected lanes, but again, I don't spend a lot of time in Brooklyn. So I I can't say for sure, but that's just my perception. How do you hope that the infrastructure will continue to develop in New York? I hope that we will have protected bike lanes on 95% of the roads. And I would really like to get rid of sharrows and this idea of mixing. I really wish we could better protect our intersections because that is where the vast majority of the crashes will occur as drivers just crash into cyclists because we don't have protected infrastructure at the intersection. So when they're turning left or when they're turning right, they're not really looking because that's not the culture we have. We have a car culture. So I really hope we can have better protected intersections sections. I hope we can have more protected bike lanes running both north and south as well as east and west. And of course, I would love to have protected bike lanes in all the boroughs, Bronx, Queens, Brooklyn. I wish New York City would turn into like an Amsterdam. And I think it's possible with enough time. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about your Instagram. What was it that inspired you to share your cargo bike journey on Instagram? So I love to give my husband credit for this because I was not an Instagram user either before starting my Instagram account. And he said, listen, you're five feet, you don't bike, but we are doing all of these amazing things and you are a very unlikely cyclist. So you should start an Instagram and start showcasing what life can be like on a bike, especially in the backdrop of New York City. And so I bought the bike in September. We got it in end of September or October or something along those lines. And I didn't really start my Instagram account until February, right before the pandemic. And that was when I started taking photos of my bike at these iconic places around New York City and showcasing how transformative and like what you can do and where you can go on this bike. And so that was really the start of it. And then it's sort of grown organically from a source of photographs. I don't do as many photographs anymore, but I do a lot more educational reels on helping people, helping their questions get answered about how do I lock my bike? How do I store my bike? What kind of gear should I be using? 
as the weather changes. And so it's become more of a source of like trying to preempt those questions or answer those questions so that I can help reduce people's friction for getting on a bike. Are you surprised by the reaction that people had to your Instagram and how it's taken off? Completely. I had no idea it would become what it has become. And I love doing it. I think it's a lot of fun. And I think that shows I'm very, very pleasantly surprised that it's become as popular as it has become. And how has it impacted how you view riding around and how you view this lifestyle? I'd say the Instagram account has changed the way that I operate my rides now, thinking that every ride is an opportunity to record, an opportunity to take notes, to think about what on my ride might impact somebody else and like what would be really helpful. So like, for example, I have things that seasoned cyclists might not think about, but new riders would be really grateful for. So like the idea of using the curb as a place to put your foot, for someone who is five feet and with a really heavy bike, they may not know that or think about it. And it took me a few years to like, figure it out. And so now the way that I ride is about what can I teach or what would people be interested in learning? And so I did a couple of like day in the lives of Cargo Bike Mama or how I carry things. And I'm on my bike, of course, often, almost every day. And so it's fun trying to figure out how can I leverage this ride into something interesting. You talked about carrying things. What are some of the funnest feats you've had in terms of things you've been able to transport? I carried a huge cabinet. It was really heavy. It must have been 70, 80 pounds. It was a campaign chest, a very heavy campaign chest. I carried one of those in my bike. I've carried bulk, like $300 or $400 worth of Costco groceries in my Urban Arrow, just like massive amounts of groceries. I've carried huge amounts of donations, tons of furniture, a ton of kids. Like literally there's nothing these bikes can't carry. And so I'm always playing this game. Well, will it fit? Like I've gone shopping and is it going to fit in my cargo bike? And the answer is always yes. Like I've never had something where I'm like, oh, I guess I have to come back for it with a car. I've carried everything. It's kind of nice because you get the best of both worlds. You get that lifestyle of being able to have the convenience of some of the car-like things that you can carry, but then also have the convenience of not having to deal with the car and all that goes along with that. A hundred percent. I could not agree more. I think about this and talk about this all the time is you have like 90% of like what a car can do with a cargo bike. Okay. So I'm not going to take it on a highway, right? I'm not going to like go really, really far or do like a weekend trip. But a lot of people do that. I personally am not going to take my three small kids and do like bike packing. It's just not something that I feel confident or I feel like I would be successful at yet, but I know people who do it, but yeah, I mean, you basically have 90% of what a car can do. Plus you can have VIP parking all the time. Plus you have very low insurance, right? Plus you don't have thousands of dollars of maintenance a year or high insurance costs or gas or any of these things. And it's really eye-opening when you can get a lot of what you need from one of these bikes. And of course I have multiple of these bikes. And so it all depends on like what I'm doing that day to see which bike is going to be the most convenient for the day. And why have you decided to get multiple bikes? How does that help you? So the intention was never to have multiple bikes, but when the Instagram account became the source of information and that people who were interested in cargo biking, bike companies started sending me bikes. And I'm not going to say no, because ultimately the goal of the Instagram account is to help people find the right bike or right thing that fits their lifestyle. And so the more bikes that I have experience with, the better I feel at being able to provide honest opinion about which bike is the best bike. And so there is a Mueller Load 60, which is like my personal 
personal bike. That was something I had been really wanting. And and Mueller was so great. They gifted it to me or like it's on a permanent loan at the moment. And it's just one of these things that I can talk about the difference between the Risa Mueller and the Urban Arrow and the Manson and the Multi-Tinker and the Multi-Charger. Now, I don't own the Multi-Tinker and the Multi-Charger, but I've tried all these bikes. And so a few of these bikes have been gifts. I'm not going to say no, but I will use those gifts as an opportunity to provide information for those who might be at a different price point or prefer a rear loader or things along those lines. Now, do you ever get people who are kind of like, well, this is all well and good, but you're in New York and how can this translate to where I live? Sure. And again, I think that's a very valid question. I do have a lot of followers who are in these suburban and rural places and they still bike because it's a right fit for them. And some of this is not just about going car free, but going car light. So you can do long trips and still need your car, but a lot of trips can be within a few miles. And in those cases, it can be a very good opportunity to use a cargo bike. I'm not saying everyone should have a cargo bike hundred percent of the time. For me, having a cargo bike all the time makes a lot of sense because I'm in a very dense area where my infrastructure is that within a half a mile or a mile, everything I need is there, maybe two miles at the most. But for other people who are going farther distances, maybe taking a car to work makes the most sense. But on the weekends, taking a cargo bike to go grocery shopping makes more sense, right? So it's about thinking outside the box that it doesn't have to be a car all the time and figuring out if and how a cargo bike can fit into your life and augment a car-centric world and a car-centric lifestyle. Do you get a lot of people who tell you that you've inspired them to buy a cargo bike and to try it out? Yes, many. And I love it. I have people who will message me on Instagram and just say, hey, you're the reason I got this cargo bike. I'm loving it. And it's so rewarding. And one of the main reasons I just keep doing what I'm doing. In closing, what would you say to somebody who's thinking about taking that leap and getting a cargo bike, but who's maybe a little bit apprehensive about it? Great question. And a question I get all the time. I would say for somebody who is thinking about getting a cargo bike, that the first thing they should do is find a cargo bike friend. Try and connect with somebody locally or who is not too far that is in their network because that person can be a great source of information. They can help you go on a bike ride together. They can help you learn about which bikes might be the right fit for you. They can teach you about the biking infrastructure and the biking culture that somebody who doesn't bike, you may not know right away and you aren't going to know right away. And so luckily you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Chances are for the vast majority of people who are interested in cargo biking, there's somebody around that they've seen. And I guarantee you go stop that person, go introduce yourself. They want to talk about their cargo bike and they want to help you. So that is like the first thing I would suggest doing is if you can find somebody local and have them walk you through the steps to cargo bike ownership and answering questions and helping you over come that. If you don't have somebody local, use me on Instagram, Propel Bikes. There's a wealth of information out there that is accessible now. Just begin by reaching out and starting a conversation, I think is the first step. There's also local groups that do cargo bike meetups where people can come and try out different bikes. You should go to one of those. There's so much to do. So just find somebody, talk to them and let them help you so that you don't feel like you have to do this all by yourself. Thank you for sharing your experience. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Yes. Thank you so much for inviting me onto your podcast with other like amazing biking and infrastructure advocates. So I really appreciate it.